Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Management Decisions, a show where we bring in high-level executives and consultants from a wide collection of businesses to discuss what goes on at the top of the food chain. Today, we are talking about servant leadership, and joining us to talk about that is Dr. Barbara Inahosa, and she is author of Are You a 10? The 10 Characteristics of a Servant Leader, and she's also an assistant professor at Our Lady of the Lake University. So, Barbara, thank you for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I was just wondering if you could share your definition of what servant leadership is for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with that. Sure. So servant leadership actually is not a new concept. It's a theory that was coined by a professor named Robert Greenleaf back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And he says that leadership is really about our service to others. And he talks about how the definition of just a leader involves this idea of influence. And we all Mm -hmm. carry that. So the premise of servant leadership really is that we're all leaders, no matter what our position, no matter what our title, no matter where we are in life, if you will, we're leaders. And with that, carry some responsibility to have our influence be positive on other people. So servant leadership is about that positive influence, and it's about helping others grow. Mm -hmm. Now, how is this different from kind of like your typical leadership style where there's always someone that's kind of clearly above others and it's kind of in like a pyramid structure? Well, what makes this different is that it is empowering other people. And through that empowerment, we build relationships and trust. Mm -hmm. And so if I am the designated leader on paper and on the hierarchy of our organization, Mm -hmm. then I want other people to work with me towards agreed upon goals, right? And that's very hard to do if I don't trust you and know you. And so servant leadership builds on this relationship aspect of working as a team. And so the best way you can judge a servant leader is by judging the followers. So if the Mm -hmm. followers are growing and they're moving and they're getting better as people, then the servant leader is doing his or her job very well. Mm -hmm. So what are the benefits of servant leadership in the workplace? Now, you've kind of talked about building relationships and trust. I imagine that it's really good for kind of like teamwork and maybe even like startups who are like high growth and fast paced like that. Absolutely. So we have some, it's very exciting in the, in the field of leadership studies. I have a PhD in leadership studies. So mm-hmm. we study these concepts of leadership. And right now is an exciting time for servant leadership because we're getting some emerging research right now that's telling us there are some positive correlations between servant leadership, that kind of style of running an organization, and many follower outcomes and organizational outcomes, such as mm-hmm. job satisfaction, low turnover rate. Those are things that we're measuring right now that when there's a servant leadership theory and style in the organization, people just like to come to work and they stay at work. We're also seeing organizational success. So Mm -hmm. however that looks in your organization, how you measure that. When we find servant leadership principles running through that organization, we're seeing organizational success because we're spending more time working together towards those agreed upon goals. So it actually is a concept that applies to any type of organization, but it's also a concept that applies outside of our work life. Mm-hmm. When we talk about servant leadership, we talk about this idea that you and I don't go to work and leave our personal lives behind. We try, but I don't think that was ever really effective. And so mm-hmm. in a servant leadership environment, we all come to work as a whole person. And because of our relationships with each other, we understand where we are and how we can help each other move forward to reach our goals. 
Now, what kind of environment do you believe a servant leader would thrive in, especially if their organization um, kind of hasn't embodied this as a whole? Do you see any challenges with that, with someone kind of wanting to bring this form of leadership into their workplace? So a couple of things. We're seeing some of our Fortune 500 companies, the successful Fortune 500 companies, a lot, if not the majority of those leaders, those CEOs of those companies, subscribe to a servant leadership style. Mm -hmm. It is applicable to any industry, but I think it does thrive in any kind of service industry. I think it would work with any industry out there, but I think a servant leader will thrive in in a service type industry. The challenges, I think, are that the myth is that if you're a servant leader, just you're popular, everybody likes you. And so... We know in terms of making harsh decisions and and making those calls that sometimes we're not the most popular people. And in fact, a servant leader at the core is someone who's very open and honest and transparent Mm -hmm. with everybody else. And so that that makes that servant leader not able to just tell you you're so wonderful and be that popular person all the time. What it does allow the servant leader to do is say, this work is not up to satisfaction. You're not doing what we need to have done. But say it in a way, because the relationship is there, that isn't personal for the follower. And it's more of, you're not getting it done, but how can I help you Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it's even at the end of the day, if we have to let go of people because this is not a right fit for them, that process of separation is not such an ugly process. It has to be done sometimes, but it's not such an ugly process when we have a servant leader. It's done with respect and trust, and, and there was a relationship there. And so it's it's not a personal thing, if you will. Mm-hmm. You kind of gave a description of, a little description of what a servant leader looks like, and it's kind of they're open, mm-hmm. they're honest, they have that transparency. And I know that you wrote a book about the 10 characteristics of a servant leader, so I'm curious to know more about that. Okay. And I was wondering if you could share at a high level, you know, what those 10 characteristics are. Sure. So I did write a book. We go into the 10 characteristics of what we believe are characteristics of a servant leader and how we can develop them. Because at the end of the day, leadership is a learned Mm -hmm. skill. Anyone can be a leader. Everyone is a leader. But we have to be working on skills. And their skills, just like riding a bike or running a marathon, they require practice. And we will never be perfect because we're humans. But if we can just work on some of these skills, we will become better people. And that will allow us to be better leaders. So Mm -hmm. Greenleaf starts off this conversation of characteristics of a servant leader with the idea of listening. He says listening is a number one characteristic of a servant leader. An effective servant leader has to have the ability to be a good listener. And it sounds so easy to us, but in reality... We are not very good listeners, and with, te- with the onslaught of technology, we're getting worse and worse at listening. Mm-hmm. And so the message is to people, when I'm not listening to you, when you're having a conversation with me and I'm on my cell phone or I'm on the computer or I'm distracted, my message to you is that you're just not important enough for me right now. Mm-hmm. And so if we fast forward that a little ways, we've, now it's time to get some jobs done and I need your help, that follower is going to remember that he or she just wasn't all that important. And so you Mm -hmm. don't get 100% effort out of people if they don't feel like they've been listened to. We have many examples lately in organizations where where people go to extremes like boycotting and striking and all Mm -hmm. of that at the core of that is they were not listened to. It wasn't that we didn't do what they wanted us to do. It was they didn't feel like they were listened to. And when people don't feel like they're listened to, they go to extremes with Mm -hmm. getting attention so that we will listen. The second characteristic is empathy. And Greenleaf says that really 
as servant leaders, we've got to have the ability to imagine the perspective of other people because other people's perspective is their reality. And so for me to kind of manage conflict in the workplace and understand and build relationships better, I've got to understand where people are coming from and not judge that whether it's right or wrong. It's right or wrong in my eyes, but I have to understand their perspective and how it could be right or wrong in their eyes. And so we have to work on this ability to really be able to walk in someone else's shoes, if you will. And there's Mm -hmm. a distinct difference in servant leadership between empathy and sympathy. And so we don't feel sorry for people and make excuses for them, but we do try to understand why, the rationale behind what they're doing. Healing is the third characteristic, which is not something we normally hear about in leadership, but it's so important to the servant leader because it, at the core of that characteristic, we are talking about your, your ability and my ability to heal other people and to empower them with our word choice. Mm-hmm. And so it boils down to how careful are we at selecting the right words to build other people up because we can break them down just so easily. And then that'll break the trust. And trust is so hard to get back once it's broken. Right. The fourth characteristic is awareness. And Greenleaf says that if we are good servant leaders, we're aware and we're self-aware. So we kind of know where we are today emotionally. We kind of know where we are today in our motivation. We have some self-awareness of our weaknesses and our strengths, but we also have some general awareness. And so people want to work with leaders who know, really know what's going on. And so we see a lot of organizations right now, you'll talk to the followers and you'll say, well, do you think your leader has any idea what's going on around here? And they'll say no. Mm -hmm. And so a servant leader has to have this ability to really get down to all the levels of organization and understand clearly what's going on. We also need to understand clearly what's going on in the lives of the people we work with. Because they want to know that we know what's going on and we know how that affects our work at the organization. Characteristic number five is persuasion. And a servant leader will not be that kind of boss that says, do this task because I say do it. We're seeing some emerging research in generations right now that says this new generation of workers, they're not going to look at staying in an organization until retirement, unlike prior Mm -hmm. generations. They're constantly looking for another job. So if you cannot, as a leader, persuade them to get some work done, and and with that, you're you're letting them know how important their work is to the overall vision and mission of the organization. Until you're able to do that, you're not going to keep those workers because they're going to keep looking for opportunities to have meaningful work. And so while some people will do things because the boss says it and they want to keep their job, they won't do it with 100% effort and they won't do it long term that way. So we have to work on this ability to persuade. The sixth characteristic is conceptualization. And that characteristic is really interesting because that's our ability to help people dream big. And we kind of self-assess ourselves by saying, when people are around me, are they talking about their big dreams for their life and their big dreams for this organization? Kind of those, I can't believe you even thought of that dream, those huge dreams. Or are people just gossiping and complaining? Mm -hmm. That's our judge for how we are with the ability to of conceptualization, the ability to really encourage people to think really big. Characteristic number seven is foresight. It's an interesting characteristic because Greenleaf tells us we're humans, we make mistakes every day, but we tend to have some problems if we're making the same mistake every day. And so foresight is our ability to learn from our mistakes Mm -hmm. and kind of predict, well, if this is what I do because I've done it before, this is probably the outcome. 
And so foresight is important for our followers because they want to have confidence in their leader and their ability to kind of foresee what the consequence is going to be if we take action A, B, or C. And so that's that um, foresight ability. Characteristic number eight is stewardship. And generally, I think we hear a lot about stewardship outside of the secular world, maybe more in the churches. But Mm -hmm. stewardship in terms of leadership is about this idea that we're given something that doesn't belong to us. And so how well do we take care of that? And so when we go out and train leaders, we tell them, your followers, you, we all are given just this time, this eight to five, if you will, that doesn't belong to us, right? And so how well do we use that time? And so when we talk about stewardship, we talk about things like working smartly, effectively, mm-hmm. efficiently, thinking outside of the box in terms of funding, all those things. Are we, are we just careless with our supplies and our materials? Do we walk around with our coffee all day long and not really get to work, if you will? So those are mm-hmm. all the ideas. When we talk about stewardship, we train people that this time doesn't belong to you. This pencil doesn't belong to you. This, these office supplies don't belong to you. So how well do you take care of them? Mm-hmm. We talk to teachers that these children don't belong to you, but you're entrusted with them. And so how seriously do you take that? And how carefully do you protect that? And then characteristic number nine is growth of people. And I think this one is really the heart of servant leadership because Greenlee says that you and I are responsible. It is our responsibility to make sure the people around us are growing personally and professionally. And so we do that partially by example, and we talk a lot about setting goals. And Mm -hmm. so we have to have goals set for ourselves, and hopefully that will help other people set their goals. But once we know that some goals have been set, how willing are we to really intentionally work at helping someone else reach their goals? And that's the core of servant leadership. It's about, at the end of the day, you were better because you met me today, and I was better because I met you today. It's that idea of influence that we don't cross paths by chance. There's some purpose in our interaction, and so how empowering are we with each other? And then the last characteristic is building community. And that characteristic really is about serving and in our leadership roles, serving others, but it's also on the flip side of that about learning how to be served. Mm -hmm. And so typically a lot of our leaders are really good at serving because that's kind of a control thing. If I'm serving, I'm in control. But how often do we just sit down and allow other people to serve us? Because if we don't do that, we're robbing them of the opportunity of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And so we want to build on this idea of serving other people, but also understanding when it's the time to allow other people to step up and take that leadership role and to serve us. Mm -hmm. And so those are the 10 characteristics of a servant leader. And thank you for sharing those. I think that gives our listeners a really good overview of what a servant leader is, what it takes to be a servant leader, and kind of some examples on how to implement that. And and speaking of implementing, do you have any strategies for a, a leader that's really looking to kind of embrace this style of leadership and, you know, as far as strategies for how to get started with this? Oh, absolutely. There's tons of resources on the internet. I would say get with a group, get get with a resource that can kind of guide you into what does a servant leader look like. And then even these 10 characteristics, if you just pick one and mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks, just intentionally work, for example, listening, just intentionally work on not talking so much when you're with other people. 
intentionally working on your body language and your eye contact and your ability just to stay focused in the conversation. And I think that if we start with that, because all 10 kind of sound overwhelming, but I think if Mm -hmm. we start with one or two, give that some work, and then the next week start on a couple of other ones, I think eventually we'll kind of get the idea and we will observe some of the learning that's going on by trying these. Because I do think it's a powerful thought to think that if this week you and I are working on our listening skills, then I believe we become better people and then we become a better team and then we become a better community and then we become better organizations. And it's just about the fact that in today's competitive business environment, we have got to be able to interact and get along with people. I keep hearing all these CEOs saying lately that we don't hire for skill anymore. Mm -hmm. We can teach skill. We can teach people the skill. What we do hire for are people who can work with a team, people who can motivate each other, people who are good role models, and people who can get the job done at the end of the day. And so I think that's what servant leadership is about. And I think if we just start by looking for some of those examples and those resources out there, I think anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, we are running out of time today, but I did want to give you a moment at the end here to share one final piece of advice for those out there who either are servant leaders or who are looking to really adopt this style and be successful in it. Okay, well, thank you. I guess my last piece of advice would be the time has come that the kind of old style of leadership of demanding people kind of saying things, but doing something else, if you will, this this fine line we walk on ethics and morality in terms of leadership, I think it's been proven over and over again that that's not effective. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's time for us to look at a fresh approach to leadership that will get our organizations moving in the direction they need to go. And with that final piece of advice, we will close out the show for today on Management Decisions. And we have been speaking with Dr. Barbara Inohisa, and she is the author of Are You a 10? The 10 Characteristics of a Servant Leader, an assistant professor at Our Lady of the Lake University. And if you're looking for more employment-related shows, head over to aljnradio.com. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or a tweet at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your leadership.